Welcome to session three. God has created each of us for unique purposes. To accomplish these missions, he gives each of us abilities, passions, personalities, experiences, and he gives believers in Jesus spiritual gifts to help us accomplish our life's mission. This week, we're going to look at two of those areas in David's life, how God shaped David's personality and used his experience as a shepherd to prepare him for his fight with Goliath, then we're going to explore the unique personality God has given you that fits his mission and your experiences, good and bad, that prepare you to face life's challenges. Growing up, David spent a lot of time watching sheep. When Samuel came to anoint one of Jesse's sons as the next king, David didn't even come to the meeting with the rest of his brothers because he was out in the fields. They had to call him when none of the brothers were chosen by God as king. One day, David was sent by his father to bring some supplies to his brothers who were serving in the king's army. When he arrived at their camp, Israel's enemy, the Philistines, had sent their champion, Goliath, who was a giant of a man, out to the battlefield to taunt and challenge Israel's army. The Bible says that Goliath was over nine feet tall, that's three meters, and that he wore armor that weighed about 125 pounds or almost 60 kilograms. That's one big strong guy. When David shows up, Goliath is out in the field between their two armies, challenging the Israelites to send someone to fight him one-on-one, -on -one, with a loser's nation becoming slaves to the winner's side. When David heard that, he asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is the uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him that the king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down here only to watch the battle. While the rest of the army is cowering in fear, David says, Who is this big chump? He was not afraid. It is clear from his brother's response that David's brash fearlessness was not new. It was part of his personality. God gave David the strong and brash personality he would need to take on Goliath. God has also given each of us a unique personality to equip us for the challenges that we face. Our personalities vary in how introverted or extroverted, organized and spontaneous we are, or whether we are more of a thinker or a feeler. Then, there are even differences between how we express our personality traits. Some extroverts like to be on stage in, in front of others, while other extroverts hate being in front but love connecting with dozens of people at a party. It's important to realize that our personality is God-given and that He wants us to live the way He created us. There will certainly be times when He'll call us to do things that are outside what is comfortable to us. In addition, there are times where we claim something that is not from God or that is out of balance as a part of our personality. Fear of not being accepted can keep someone who God designed as an extrovert to hide in a corner or someone who God has given an organized personality can take their strengths to an extreme and become a perfectionist. Those are opportunities for growth and obedience, but God's mission for your life will align with the personality He has given you.
Let's get back to David. Eventually, his boldness is reported to King Saul. When David is brought to Saul, David says, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against that Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear would come and carry off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from the mouth. When it turned to me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paws of the lion and the paws of the bear will rescue me from the hands of this Philistine. Here we discover a second way that God shapes us for the purposes for our lives. Our experiences prepare us for the impossibilities that we will face. David's experience protecting his sheep, the battles that he faced while he was shepherding, gave him the skills and the confidence to fight a giant. Those battles against the lions and bears were probably some of the scariest experiences of David's life. God often uses our scariest and most painful experiences to prepare us for the areas He wants us to serve in. If you've experienced the pain of a marriage separation, there's no one better to help someone else dealing with that separation. If you've lost a child, there's no one better to help someone dealing with the loss of a child than you. Your pain equips you to minister to others going through that experience. The Bible says that God comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. That is what is beautiful about small groups. Oftentimes, others in our groups have had painful and challenging experiences similar to what you are going through. Maybe they've made it through and can help you. Maybe you're both in the middle of it and can encourage each other with the comfort that God has given you. Or you're the one who's made it through and now have an opportunity to minister to someone who's walking a similar path. God will use all of your experiences, painful, educational, seemingly unimportant as a child and as an adult, to prepare you for His purpose for your life. After David recounted his experiences killing lions and bears, Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord will be with you. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bare in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you with the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. 
all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over this Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Our final lesson from the story of David defeating Goliath is that even with the right experiences and personality, David depended on God for the victory. He responded to Goliath's taunts by saying, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. That is our most important lesson this week. Relying on ourselves is the best way to get killed when facing our giants. We must depend on him. That doesn't mean we don't do anything. David still had to sling his stone. It means that even when we give our best effort, we know that if God doesn't show up, this stone will miss its mark or will bounce off without effect. We must not deceive ourselves that it is our talent or abilities that will make the difference. It's God's spirit in us, empowering us to both will and to act according to his good purpose that is going to empower us to kill our giants. Oftentimes, the support God provides is through the group of people he puts in our lives. David fought the battle by himself, but most of the time, he faced his obstacles with his trusted friends. God doesn't shape our personalities and experiences so we can have a nice, fluffy, and carefree life. He shapes us so we can serve each other. Do you have a group of trusted friends that will face the challenges of life with you? Maybe you're going through a challenge right now. I challenge you as a small group to become that support system for each other. Serve each other when you have a need. God will surprise you with how the people in your group have experiences, personalities, abilities, and giftings that you need. Let's transition to our group time today. We're going to discuss our personalities and some of our experiences and how God can use them to help overcome the challenges each of you face. We'll see you next week. Serving together creates the environment that you've got somebody to call like at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're scared, when, when you're nervous, or when you have an emergency. In our family, we've had a couple of them. And the biggest one for me as a husband was when my wife got cancer. We got it on a Wednesday night right before our small group was to meet. And I had to call a small group and said, we can't show up, we're at the doctor's office, my wife has cancer. And, uh, and then when she got treated for the cancer, she had to go through about 30 days of radiation therapy, and everybody stepped up and took a driving day to drive her from our house to Hogue Hospital and back for her daily radiation therapy. If I didn't have a small group, I don't know where else I could have gone for that kind of help, and it was instant. Nobody batted an eyelash. They just did it. It was great. During my wife's cancer, they were there with meals. They were there constantly with prayer. They were there for rides to the hospital for her uh, radiation treatment. Uh, anytime there was a need, they were there. there I, I didn't have any needs that weren't getting fulfilled you know, by my small group. It was, uh, uh, even though I have relatives uh, and I have a brother and a sister, my, uh, my small group was closer than any relative that I had in my life at that time. They were there, they were there. They were our lifesaver through that through that event. It lasted for a whole year, and I don't know that I could have made it without them. <laughs>